Let's take our Bibles out tonight. Turn toward the back of the New Testament, if you would, to the book of 1 John, chapter number 4. 1 John, chapter number 4. And I want to echo what Brother A.J. said. We have a lot of members uh, and then members of our, our church members' family that are in the hospital right now. I'm looking over my personal list. Uh, I think over the past week we've had nine in the hospital. That's the most I think I've ever had uh, at one time since I've been in Hattiesburg. And a lot of folks need our prayer tonight. Uh, thank the Lord the visits that we're able to make up there with them. They're in good spirits. And uh, I was able to convey to them that we'd be praying tonight. But uh, you be in prayer for them. God will bless them to be able to go home soon. Uh, continue to pray that God would give healing to our folks. We've got young folks up there, uh, some folks that are a little bit older than others up there. Uh, some have been able to go home, uh, but all in need of our prayer tonight. So you pray for them, and I know that will be a blessing to them. I was speaking to Brother Dombeck today and uh, checking in on him, and the Lord's blessing in using him as he travels around the country preaching and uh, raising money for Bibles. And uh, it's an encouragement when they're out of reach and we're not near them to be able to let them know that they're not out of the reach of our prayers and that we're praying for them. And I hope that you'll maintain a, a wonderful prayer life for these folks uh, who a lot of times are in great need. Uh, and the only uh, lifeline they have to our church right now is with our prayers. So you pray for them. First John chapter 4, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand. If you don't mind, stretch your legs. But the AJ mentioned, we're all a little tired. The heat is taking it out of us, right? Uh, we're all a little bit sleepy. Uh, so let's stretch our legs, get our blood flowing just a little bit. And I don't know if you looked at the forecast, but uh, next week we see less 100s. That's always a blessing, right? Uh, excited about those 95s. Never thought I'd say that, but I am looking forward to that. I even saw a 70. Did anybody else see the 70 on there? There's a 70. Uh, it's at night, of course, but looking forward to some cooler weather and uh, thank the Lord for his grace getting us through this. Somebody said the other day that this heat dome that we have over our area right now is keeping the storms at bay. Uh, and there's a thankfulness there, something to be happy about. First John chapter number 4, uh, look down to verse 1. The Bible says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, capital S there, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Now, imagine when this was written, it says even now it's in the world. Can you imagine now uh, how that has grown exponentially? Uh, look down, if you will, to verse 4. There's an encouragement to us here. The Bible says, ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for this great encouragement in one verse. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, Lord, who knows what we'll face tomorrow by way of all of these spirits out in the world. I pray you'd help us through your word. Strengthen us, equip us tonight. Pray your Holy Spirit, Lord, the one we have living within our hearts, would minister to us through your word tonight. Bless the invitation time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I don't always know from week to week what I'll be preaching. Uh, last week, we looked at a thought very similar to what we're going to preach on tonight. Uh, really, it goes back to a principle that I've been very burdened about lately, not just for our church, but myself, uh, as I read and study and try to be who God would have me to be uh, in what I believe is the last days that we're living. 
Uh, tonight we're going to look at probably one of the most important uh, truths and one of the most important steps, I believe, that's in the life of a believer. Uh, it's when we begin to translate uh, the principles of God's Word into the practice of our life. I believe that's one of the greatest steps that most Christians never make in their growth and in their walk with God. It's taking the principles and the truths of God's Word and turning them into practices in their life. We never make that translation. Uh, we never go from a truth that we've heard to a truth that we trust and that we're living our life by. And I believe we rob ourselves on all so many opportunities that God opens for us by not taking that step. Give an example. I've preached out of the country many, many times, many different countries, uh, different languages. And uh, I did not speak the languages of the countries I was in, whether it be in Jamaica or in Africa or, uh, or in Mexico. I've been down there before and preached down there before in the church my grandparents started. Uh, and I would have someone interpret for me. Uh, now, I don't know if you know this, but when you preach through an interpreter, it takes twice as long. All right, it really does. You think it's bad sitting through uh, just me preaching in English? Uh, you ought to hear me preach in English and Spanish because it takes twice as long. I have to say something, and then he has to say something. It's really hard to get the motor going when you have to stop and let him say what you said. And sometimes I would say two words, and his interpretation was like 17 words. Uh, I guess that's just the way it goes in translation. But can you imagine me being in front of a crowd of people who did not understand English? And I'm preaching to them in English, and I'm preaching what thus saith the Lord straight from the Word of God. I'm preaching truth. I am preaching the Word of God. But it does very little good to them if it's not translated into something that's applicable for their life, right? Uh, I remember preaching in Africa. I was preaching in a stone church building out there in the middle of Uganda. Uh, and there was a man by the name of Francis, kind of back right. Uh, and Francis was a Muslim, and he was lost. And the Holy Spirit dealt with his heart during the message. And Francis come down, and Francis got saved after the message. But it was because what I was saying has been translated into a language that was applicable for his life. It had to make the jump from me to him for it to apply for him to make use of it in his life. And thank God he was gloriously saved. Uh, now, folks, I believe even though we understand English tonight, uh, it may be southern English. It might have a little drawl to it. Sometimes it might be fast English. Uh, we understand that, don't we, tonight? And we understand truths. And we understand principles. But a lot of times we never take that principle and put it into uh, to practice in our life. It never makes that translation into our life. And listen, we're robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves tonight when it's just something we understand in our mind and never put into practice in our life. We're robbing ourselves of opportunities and we're robbing others of the opportunity of applying that and reaching them with the gospel as well. I'll give you an example. Uh, well, Leslie and I first got married. She wanted a Volkswagen Bug. She has one now. Uh, the Lord gave her the desires of her heart a few years later, I think 17 years later. But right after we got married, we are going to buy her a Volkswagen. And so we're driving all over Hattiesburg looking for a Volkswagen. And we got into this silver Volkswagen over there off of Lincoln Road that was for sale. And uh, we got in and uh, began smelling something in the car. And it smelled like shrimp. Now, for me, that was a plus. For her, not so much. You know, a car that smells like shrimp, I'm thinking, bonus. Uh, you know, when was the last time you had a car that smelled like shrimp? And uh, so we get in, and, and it ended up being a Katrina car because we had gotten married right, right before Katrina, and the car had been underwater. That's why it smelled like shrimp. Didn't scare me, though. 
I'm like, honey, we can clean the smell out. This is a nice car. Let's, let's try to drive it. And so I get in to drive it, and it was a standard. I had not taught her yet how to drive a standard, nor have I still taught her how to drive a standard yet. Uh, it caused great division in our marriage, and so I learned to put that away, uh, that I can't teach to drive a, a standard. But we got in, and uh, we're sitting in the, the parking lot of the car dealership, and uh, all of a sudden I looked down on the little gear shifter, and I found the R, and the R was over on the left side. And so you just move it, uh, you know, from here over to the left side. I drive a standard. I was raised on a standard. I'm an American man, you know. Stick shift. I love it. My first truck was a standard. So I get in, and all of a sudden I pull it over to the R. It wouldn't go into the R. And, man, I am trying to move it and trying to move it. I'm saying, something's wrong with this car. You know, here we are. This is a great price. We can afford it. It even smells like shrimp. This is the car for us. But I couldn't get it in reverse. Never could. I called the man in the dealership. I said, sir, I like this car. We're thinking about this car. I can't get it in reverse. It's right there. There's the gear shift, but I can't get it to go in. And he tried to get it to go. We could never get, we never left the parking lot. I didn't know that on Volkswagens, you have to push the shifter down into the floor and then move it into reverse for it to work. I didn't know that. We never moved that car. We never drove that car. I don't know. It could still be sitting there if it's the same guy because he didn't know how to drive it either. This was a nice car. It was what we wanted. It had all the equipment we wanted. It was everything we wanted, even the shrimp smell. It was everything, but it never moved an inch. Why? We didn't know how to work it. We didn't know how to work it. I believe tonight a lot of the principles of the Word of God are that way. They are there what we're looking for is there, it is in principle, it is there, but we don't know how to put it into practice. We never put the principles of God into gear. All they are is something that occupies our mind. And we know that it's there and we believe in the truths, but we never put those truths into practice. Well, tonight, one of those truths is in 1 John chapter 4, down in verse 4. It's a very important principle tonight. That I'm afraid we don't know how to put into practice. We don't know how to put it into gear. I know sometimes I struggle with this in my life. Verse 4. I want you to see what the principle is. The Bible says, you are of God little children and have, watch this next word, the Bible says, overcome them. I believe tonight one of the principles we believe and we understand with our mind but never put into practice is the principle of overcoming. The principle of overcoming. The Bible says, watch this, this is God speaking, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome. So if you and I are born again, children of God, heaven is our home, our name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, we are overcomers. And the Bible says we have overcome. We are not overcoming, we have overcome. And yet, can I tell you tonight, oftentimes as a Christian, I do not live a victorious, overcoming life. Matter of fact, rather than being an overcomer, I am overwhelmed. Would you agree with that one? Uh, rather than overcoming our trials and our struggles, we get overwhelmed by our trials and our struggles. Why? We never learn how to put this principle into gear. It is there. It works. God provided it for us. But we don't understand how to be the overcomer God says we are. So tonight, I, I want to look at that thought, if we could, a very simple thought on understanding overcoming. Understanding overcoming. Now listen, I'm not talking about in your head. We all understand what overcoming means in our head, right? Uh, we know how to overcome things. 
Uh, I mean, if we want something bad enough, we'll overcome whatever it takes to get it, right? Uh, I mean, you go in a store and there's something you want. Uh, it doesn't matter what you have to do. You're going to overcome whatever obstacle it is to get it. Uh, there are times at the house, I'll, I'll want some Oreos, and I'll go to Dollar General in my pajamas, you know, and they won't have any Oreos there, and I'm going to go down to the next Dollar General. I'm going to overcome until I get what I want. As a child of God, we should be the same way. How do we do that? Tonight, we're going to look at this thought of understanding overcoming, and I want to help you put this thing of overcoming into gear. Why? You're going to need it. With each passing day, Satan is going to put more and more things between you and the will of God for your life. And if you don't know how to put overcoming into gear, you will be overwhelmed. And I believe verse 4 shows us exactly how to do that. So let's jump into it if we could. What's the context here? Well, the context, you look at verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3, it is talking about the spirits that have gone out into the world. All right, now, uh, don't lose me, okay? We're not going to be talking about uh, spooks and ghosts and things along that line, okay? We're talking about unholy, lowercase s, spirits. They are out there. So how do you know they're out there? Well, verse 1 says that. The Bible says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Verse 2, the Bible says, they are gone out into the world. They are there, and they seek to do what? Well, these spirits are influences that try to distract and derail from the will of God for your life. That's what they desire to do. By the way, oh, so many times in my life they have been successful. All of these influences that are in the world seek to derail the will of God for our life. Now, here's the bad news. The bad news, they're still there. They have a long shelf life. I wish some of them would just die, to be honest with you. Some of these spirits that cause trouble and strife in my life, and they try to distract and derail me from the will of God, I wish they would just go away. All right? I wish they'd come to your house every once in a while, right? You know, that's what we want to do, send them to the neighbor's house. The bad news is they're still here. Here's the good news. They're still defeated. They're still here, and they're still going to try to influence and distract and derail, but the good news is they are still defeated, and verse 4 shows us how to treat them that way. The problem is we treat them like they still have power and influence over us, all right? That's the problem. We've got to learn how to treat them how God says we should treat them, and that is defeated. So how do we do that? Well, the answer, first of all, is in verse 4. The Bible says, ye are of God, little children. Now watch this. This is a beautiful, beautiful picture. Ye are of God, little children. Right there in the beginning of verse number 4 really gives us the first thing that you've got to understand that, number one, overcoming is, watch these two words, of God. If we are going to be the overcomers that God says we are, we've got to understand this. Overcoming is of God, meaning it is not of you and it is not of me. And if we're going to be overcomers, it's going to be of God. Now, I love how the Lord wrote this. It says, ye are of God, little children. You're of God, little children. Why does he say that? He wants us to know what comes with our newfound spiritual heritage. That as a child, by the way, you say, well, that's an insult. Oh, no, that's not an insult when it's talking about being a child of God. Ye are of God, little children. Remember, watch who your father is. The reason that we overcome and have the power to overcome and not be overwhelmed by the spirits in verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3 is because of who our heavenly father is. There are benefits that come with being a part of the family of God. Aren't you glad? It's not just heaven. I'm thankful for heaven. I'm looking forward to it. I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder if we're going to be able to fly. 
I don't, that's probably the number one question I get about heaven from young people. Are we going to be able to fly? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. What are the mansions going to be like? I, I don't know. But can I tell you, there's so much more as far as benefits, as far as being a part of the household of God than just heaven. One of those is being able to be an overcomer. I want you to think tonight, <clears throat> I bet every person in this room, or I wager, right? Christians don't bet, they wager. I wager tonight that everyone in this room has a characteristic about you that you got through your family tree, right? Some of you are already smiling because it's that crazy part of you, right? That crazy part of you. For some of you, it may be a physical appearance, all right? I, I joke about it a lot, and I say I'm not going to joke about it anymore, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a running thing in our family that my mom's family was the Myers family. Sammy Myers is my grandfather. He's watching tonight, I'm sure. And the way that we remember that is my ears uh, because uh, we have really good hearing in our family. We'll put it that way. Really good hearing, okay? My ears, you know, he has the Myers ears, okay? Maybe it's eyes. Maybe in your family there's a trait about your eyes, or, or maybe it's your big feet, okay, or, or what, your height, or maybe your lack of height. That's traits that come through your family tree. Now watch this. This is wonderful. Wonderful. No, I, I mean, you're, I'm not going to say short, okay, just not high, not tall. Some of you tonight don't realize that when you were born into the family of God, became a child of God, of God, that there are blessings and benefits that come through that bloodline. You know what one of them is? You're an overcomer. Because ye are of God, little children. Your father is an overcomer. Therefore, you are an overcomer. Because who I am dictates what I get to do. Let me give you an example. We were at camp with the guys and... Uh, Thursday night, you remember that Thursday night? We had a great Thursday night, and guys are around the piano, uh, they're singing, he's having a good old time, and uh, Nick is on the ladder, not sure why, still, I haven't figured out why Nick was on the ladder for three hours, but he was, and we're sitting there, and I, I think it was Colin, I'm not sure, he said, man, I sure am hungry, and uh, I'm like, surprise, surprise, teenage boy, hungry, I'm like, it's 1 a.m., guys, you know, it's man. That tater tot casserole was good, man. And that tater tot casserole is good at camp. And I said, boy, I wish we could have some. And I look over. I think it was Colin. If it wasn't you, I apologize. He's shaking his head no. I, well, you're who I'm going to pick on, okay? I said, well, Colin or whoever it was. I said, you know, I do have a little pull here. You know, my parents do own this place. My mom cooks a lot of the food. I could just walk over to the refrigerator and get it for you. Suddenly, they found out, they finally found the benefit of being their pastor's friend. <laughs> Took four years, but they found it. Whoever the kid was says, really? I'm like, yes. I live here. We grew up here. My mom and dad built this place. I promise you, it's okay if I go to the fridge. I went to the fridge. We have a video of it. Brother Zach was out there. He had a video of it, man. All of a sudden, these teenage guys, we wiped out the tater tot casserole, the pulled pork, tortilla chips. We had nachos and cereal, and then ice cream with cereal on top of the ice cream. The girls are like, what? Yeah. Hey, I can't help it. Look, your counselors didn't have that idea, all right? We had that idea. We sat there, and those guys ate, and they ate, and they ate, and they ate. Do you know why they were able to do that? Because they were with somebody who is part of the family, and because you're part of the family, you have benefits in being part of the family. Can I tell you, being a part of the family of God is far better than tater tot casserole. 
You are an overcomer. Ye are of God, little children. Don't forget who your father is. Galatians 4, 7. The Bible says you're no more servants, but sons. And if you're a son, the Bible says you are an heir. That means you are entitled to everything that comes from your father. That means overcomer. That means, listen, yes, there's going to be obstacles and difficulties. Yes, there's going to be the spirits, lowercase s. I love calling them that. You know it's got to make them mad. You're just in lowercase s, but we're accompanied by the capital S. Why? Because you're of God, little children, and overcoming, understand this, is of God. You can because of who you are. The Bible says you're an heir now. You're not a servant. You are a son. Being, uh, o- being overwhelmed oftentimes, I believe this in my own life, I get overwhelmed. There are times in my life you don't feel like you can go on. You feel like, man, those spirits in your life have influenced you to stop doing the will of God. Do you know when I'm usually overwhelmed, it's because I forget who I am? When you get overwhelmed, you know what happens? We forget who we are. Can I tell you who you are? Look, this is a happy message tonight, all right? I'm not going to say anything mean as far as I know, all right? Everybody ought to walk out of here happy. Can I tell you why? You're of God, little children. You're of God, little children. And because of who your father is, that dictates what you can do. Ephesians 2.19. The Bible says we're no more strangers or foreigners. The Bible says we are now citizens. Citizens. You know, our country may not be what, it, what it's been. But I'll tell you tonight, it's still the greatest country on the planet. And oh, we have great benefits and blessings all because of who we are. We are citizens of the United States of America. I'll tell you tonight, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Look, I don't like the lowercase s spirits that are out there that influence our life, that derail and distract us. I'm thankful tonight in spite of them. Look, they're still there, but they're still defeated because the Bible says I'm an overcomer because of who my father is. One of the greatest revelations I had after I got married almost 20 years ago was I now have two families. And how awesome is that? Do you know why? Coming to you guys, this will get you excited about waiting for the right one. Two families means two fridges. I go and see my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. She loves me. We have a weird relationship because I know you're not supposed to get along with your mother-in-law, but I love mine. And she prays for me and I pray for her. I, I love her dearly. And after we got married, I, I remember I was at their house one day and sitting on the couch and uh, Leslie says, can I get you something? I said, yeah, probably maybe a glass of tea or something. She says, get up and get it. Now, she wasn't telling me, like, you know, you have legs, get up and get it. She was saying, honey, look, go to the fridge. Mom don't care. I said, well, I hate to raid their fridge. She goes, you're part of the family. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, she probably regrets, her mama regrets her ever telling me that now. Can I tell you, when I get to my mother-in-law's house, she knows I'm coming oftentimes. We don't surprise her. I get to my mother-in-law's house, there's always going to be something in the fridge for me. Cloths and pickles. She even started putting these things called wickles in there. They're supposed to be wicked pickles. I'm not sure if I can eat those as a Christian, but they're supposed to be pretty good. I got there this, this time, and she had a whole box of coffee pods by Black Rifle Coffee called Pactasquatch. It's got a, like a you know, Bigfoot on it. Oh, it is so good. I go to the refrigerator, I I get whatever I want out of there. Why? I'm part of the family. I'm part of the family. I'm of the family. I'm a member of the family, and the fridge is mine. I can get whatever I want out of there. Now, can I ask you this? Wouldn't it be kind of strange if I was not part of the family? 
walked up into Miss Keisha's kitchen one day, opened up the fridge. Who are you? Well, I just want to get some sexual abuse. I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. My father-in-law has many guns and dead animals on the wall like I do. I'd probably be the next mount on the wall. Can you imagine if I, I went to my in-law's house, or say I went to my father-in-law's deer stand. He lets me hunt on his deer stand. That's how you know you got a good son-in-law when you let him hunt in your deer stand. He takes me to his deer. Can you imagine not being in the family? One day he comes to his deer stand and finds me sitting up there. I don't imagine it would go well. Why? You're not part of the family. You don't have permission. You don't have access to all of that. Or, wait a minute, one of the greatest privileges inside somebody else's house, control of the remote control. We go over there. I sit in the recliner right by my father-in-law. The remote control is in the cup holder. I pull it out. We watch hunting shows together. We get excited about other people killing deer. We may not kill them, but we get excited about other people that do. Can you imagine walking up into his house and sitting in his recliner and just started changing the channel? He's like, who are you? So I just wanted to watch deer hunting with you. You don't have that privilege. Why? You're not part of the family. But oh, because I'm a child of God, I'm part of the family. You're of God, little children. And what does that mean? That means I'm an overcomer because my father is. I want you to remember back when you were lost real quickly. John chapter 8, verse 44. The Bible says, ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. You see, when I had another father... My options were limited. When you're of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, ye will do. I mean, I was under the torment and the terror and the reign of the flesh and sin in my life. Why? That's who my father was. That's the family I was a part of. But thanks be to God, I've been adopted, watch this, by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now I'm an overcomer. Watch this. I don't have to obey that anymore. Those lowercase s's no longer have dominion over me. Why? I'm an overcomer. I've overcome them. Look, you may not be an overcomer in athletics or academics, but thanks be to God, you can be an overcomer spiritually because of who your father is. I can. Why? Because I am. The Bible says, verse 4, ye are of God. God tells me I am an overcomer. Can I tell you tonight, there are times you're going to get hurt in your life. There are times you're going to get bitter in your life. There are going to be times you're going to have confusion in your life. There are going to be times you have questions in your life, and you're trying to go about the will of God for your life. I'm trying to go about the will of God, and it just seems like there's, there's bitterness, and there's hurt, and there's grief, and there's confusion, and all of these things that stand in my way. By the way, that's how those spirits work. Why? God's not the author of confusion, then who is it? That it's Satan, those lowercase s's. And you're thinking, there's no way I can continue in the will of God for my life. Listen, do not deny the validity of Scripture tonight. The Bible says you are an overcomer. It doesn't say you are overcoming. The Bible says because Jesus did, you can. And tonight, as a child of God, we ought to, we ought to take that to the bank for a little while. Ephesians 5, 8, the Bible says, For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light. Walk as children of light. What is he saying? Watch this. Overcoming is not optional. It says you were of darkness and you walked that way and obeyed the lust of that, but now you're in light. Now, watch this, you're of God. So the Bible says this, what? Walk as children of light. He says, I want you to identify with your family. Identify with your family. How do we do that? We learn to overcome. Number one, how do we put this into gear, this truth, this principle of being an overcomer? 
Number one, realize, verse 4, ye are of God. Overcoming is of God. But then let's keep reading. The Bible says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. All right, I, I believe that I'm of God. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven, all right? So I'm an overcomer because I am of God. How did that happen? Hold your spot in 1 John, and I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 16. I want to show you something. John chapter 16, and I want you to look down to about verse number 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. Red letters, who's speaking? This is Jesus. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Watch, those spirits are still there. He didn't say you're not going to have trouble. He says, you're going to have trouble. Watch, be of good cheer. Well, how can I be of cheer? No, I'm going to have trouble. I have overcome the world. So watch this. How do we understand overcoming? I believe the principle that I am an overcomer. I believe that. But how do I put that into gear? Number one, overcoming is of God. Number two, overcoming is through Christ. Overcoming is through Christ. If you remember back when you were lost, maybe it was a long time ago, maybe it was recently. And when you're lost, you desire to get to the Father and you want to get to God. You want to be back with the right relationship, reconciled to God. But something stands in our way, doesn't it? What is it? What is it that stood between us and having a right relationship with God, being reconciled with God? We see it in the Old Testament. Uh, we see it in the New Testament. That veil that had cut us off. We did not have access to be of God. But then suddenly something wonderful happened. Somebody decided they were going to go in our place. Somebody was going to go, watch, and plow the road and get rid of all of the things that stood in our way. If you'll look at 1 John, we're not far across the page, chapter 2. Look down, if you would, to verse number 2. Watch this. The Bible says, and he is the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? That means he was the go-between. He was the one who reconciled us to God. When we could not go to God, Jesus, watch this, he went on our behalf all the way to the Father. The, the veil was rent in twain. Now we have access to God. But how did we get there? Through Christ. How did we overcome? How did we overcome? Well, here's what we did. We just worked really hard, memorized Bible verses. We never missed a church service. We got dunked every week. And that is how we overcame. That is not how we overcame. We overcame through Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, who plowed the road for us and cleared away the blockages. And so now, watch this. I am an overcomer because I am of God through Christ. That's why he says in John 14, I am the way. I am the way. Watch this. How did I get to the Father? It was through Christ. He is how we overcome. And if you don't go through Christ, you will not overcome. You'll be overwhelmed. That's why Philippians tells us, I can do all things through Christ. Now you think about this tonight. We are Americans. And I'm thankful for that. I really am. I'm thankful for some of our young men, our young ladies. They got some grit about them. I don't know if you watched our ladies play their first volleyball game. Guys played their first football game. I mean, they won overwhelmingly. Proud of our Raiders. They got some grit about them. But can I tell you, overcoming is not about your grit. 
It's about his grace. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care uh, how battle-hardened you are. You fought Satan for 50 years. It doesn't matter. You will be overwhelmed if you go in the power of your grit. But, oh, you will overcome if you go in the power of his grace. And what does the Bible say about that grace? The Bible says that grace and truth came through Christ. Through Christ, I have the grace to overcome. Now, listen to me. Do not talk yourself out of your spiritual identity. Well, I just don't think I can. I just don't think I can overcome that. I don't think I can get over this. I mean, look, it could be troubles at home, troubles in your marriage, trouble with your kids, troubles at work, any kind of troubles. And we talk ourselves out of our identity. We're acting like we're still of our father, the devil, who could not. And yet here we are, of God, and through Christ, we can do what? What does the scripture say? The Bible says, you're of God, little children, and have overcome. Number two tonight overcoming is simple it's through christ that's the only way you're going to be able to do this a story i heard when i was kid, probably the first preaching illustration i ever remember uh i love it i went back and read it again today i heard preachers uh when i was a kid uh, brother brad probably the same church service you were there uh same church growing up miss devers probably there same church and uh, it was a story uh, about toward the end of the civil war still during the fighting uh there was a, a soldier whose dad and his brother both were killed on the same day he was the only living heir to that family, which meant that he needed to go home and be with mom because you don't want to have that only son out there fighting. There's got to be an heir uh, to the family name. And so he goes all the way to Washington, D.C., goes to the White House based on a true story from what I am told and what I read even today uh, to make sure I got all of my facts right. He goes to the White House to meet the president to ask for an exemption to be able to go home and be with his mother because he's the last living heir in his family. He gets to the guard gate and he tells the, uh, the, the, the guard that is there, I need to see the president. I need an exemption. I need to go home. I don't want to be AWOL. I want to do things the right way. Uh, the guard at the gate says the president's very busy. They're looking over battle plans and he doesn't have time to see you. Come back later. Get back on the front lines. Get back in the fight. The man says, you don't understand. My brother and my dad were both killed. I, I have to go home. I'm the only living heir. I have to look after and care for my mom. The guard at the gate says, sir, you're going to have to leave. He walks across the street. If you've ever been up there, there's parks all over Washington, D.C. And he sat down on a park bench and began to cry because he was not able to go in and see the president to get the exemption to go home and look after his mother. A few moments later, a young man, I always thought it was an older man, it was a young man, walked up to him and asked him, he says, soldier, why are you crying? He began to tell him the story about how his dad and his brother had died in the same day in the same battle and he needed to get home to his mom. He says, sir, I think I can help you. Come with me. He took the old soldier by the hand and began walking toward the White House. The soldier was kind of confused that when they got to the gate of the White House, they walked right through the gate as if the guard never noticed them. He thought, well, that's strange. He didn't even notice us walking in, and yet they walked right on past. The story goes on to say that he walked up to the doors of the White House and opened the door and just walked right in, and there were men standing there guarding the door. They just looked and just allowed him to walk right on through and ushered him through the hallways and up the stairs and finally made his way to the Oval Office. And when they opened the door, there was Abraham Lincoln and one of his generals behind the desk looking over a map, getting the battle plan ready. As they walked in, the young man walked the soldier over to the front of the desk. And his dad said this, the president says, son, who's your friend? He says, dad, this is a man whose dad and his brother just died in the same battle and he needs to get home and he needs to see you. And before that man left the office... 
he was given the exemption that he needed because the young man who gently took him by the hand was Todd Lincoln, the son of Abraham Lincoln. I don't know that you get a, a, a more beautiful picture of how there was no access granted. No, you're turned away. You are overwhelmed. There's no way. You're not getting in there. You're not getting access to what you need. And then suddenly someone comes and takes him by the hand and ushers him into the president's office, all because he came through the sun. He came through the sun. Can I tell you something tonight? I think a lot of us are seeking out peace. We seek out victory. We're seeking out strength. And we're seeking out how we can overcome problems. And man, we're fighting our problems. And man, listen, you may have problems at work, finances at home. And man, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. And you're being overwhelmed. Could I just, could I just encourage you on something tonight? If we're fighting and we're failing... Could it be that we're fighting in the power of our grit rather than his grace? Because Jesus said, watch this, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Folks, tonight I, I believe we're trying in our own might, in our own power, what can only be done through Christ. The Bible says, thanks be to God that gives us the victory. How? Through just struggling the, through it. No, no, through Jesus Christ. Could it be tonight the reason that we're getting overwhelmed and we want to quit and we, we, we just want to just go on about our life and quit trying because you can't live a Christian life in 2023? Could it be the reason tonight we're getting overwhelmed and not overcoming is we're not trying it through Christ? Do we believe the word of God tonight? What did he say? You're of God, little children, and have overcome. I think about temptations tonight. Well, there's not a, probably a day, I'm sure there's not weeks that go by that I don't talk to someone who's struggling with some type of temptation. By the way, oftentimes we think of temptation and all, uh, immediately our mind goes to sensual things. You know, we can be tempted to anger and wrath. We can be tempted to even laziness and slothfulness. I mean, there's all kinds of temptations that are out there. Can I tell you why you can overcome temptation? Watch this. Take your Bible and you go back and you start reading and following in the footsteps of Christ and you'll find in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus overcame temptation. Here's what he did. He pushed temptation out of the way. He overcame temptation. And he says, I'm doing that for you. He was clearing the way for you and I. I think about tribulations. You go to Matthew 26, and boy, you read about the Garden of Gethsemane. What a great tribulation Jesus had in his life. And yet he overcame that. Why? Because he was clearing the way for you and I. Only through Christ will you overcome temptations tribulation doesn't matter what you're facing whatever sin you're facing romans chapter 8 verse 37 the bible says we're more than conquerors wait a minute through christ we we got this thing all wrong we've got it all wrong we're being overwhelmed and we're not overcoming because we're not going through the way which is christ it's christ <laughs> It's through him. He says, I am the way. He says, follow me. Can I tell you something tonight? What a blessing that we don't just have a shepherd. We have a good shepherd. And what did he do? That good shepherd goes before his sheep. He cleared the way. He made the way for you and I. And all we have to do is follow him. We follow him. Why? He's the way. Could it be tonight we're failing because we're trying our way rather than the way? Now, if you would, I want you to look down at something. Verse 4 says, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them, plural. What are the thems? Well, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, it's all those spirits. The Bible says you, you've overcome them. 
But isn't it amazing? And boy, I'm speaking from my heart and my experience. Maybe you don't know this. Isn't it amazing how often they convince us that we're overcoming? Anybody else ever have that? All those lowercase s's that are out there convince us we're overcome. In our house, uh, I built Leslie a hall tree at the end of our hall. It's a good place for it. End of our hallway. <laughs> Some of you will get that on the way home. And on the hall tree, there's three coat hangers. And Leslie and Miley, when they do laundry, they'll hang up the clothes. You know, Miley's go on this one and mine go in the middle or whatever. And Leslie's go on the right side. I think that's how it goes. And the other day, I was, Leslie and Miley went to a store and I was home alone and sitting on the couch, the hallway, and the hall tree is right here. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I glance to the left, and I see someone standing at the end of the hallway. It's amazing how quick your flesh can get stirred up. I mean, I'd already decided what he looked like, what he was there for, you know, it's a ninja. He's there to steal something out of my house. And man, I stood up, I walked around the corner real quick. I looked down the hallway to see one of my wife's dresses hanging there. Me and Brother Larry Dempson were talking at the hospital today. We were over there in Miss Faye's room visiting with her, and he was there. And I said, you know when you do something dumb, you always look around to see if anybody is looking. Thank the Lord that we don't have cameras in our house, or that will be played over and over and over again. And I sat there and I thought to myself, how foolish. I was scared of an empty dress. I was fixing to put some of those chops on like Brother AJ does all the time on an empty dress. My heart rate, it got up. You know, I'm fixing to go in that fight or flight mode. The chemicals are pumping in my brain. It's, it's fixing to go down. It was an empty dress. An empty dress. Can I tell you something tonight? You'd be amazed at what those lowercase s's will do to you. Get you in the flesh in a heartbeat. And we don't realize, watch this, through Christ, it's just an empty dress. Dress. They are lowercase spirits that have already been overcome. They, they cannot hinder you unless we allow them to. I want to encourage you something tonight. You need what verse 4 tells us. You need to understand that through Christ, we're overcomers. But I want to give you one more thing before we close. And this is, this is going to wrap it all up for you. I, I think it's going to help you put this thing into gear of being an overcomer. So year of God, number one, I'm an overcomer, and overcoming is of God. How do we do that? We do it through Christ. Christ says, I've overcome the world. We do it through Christ. You can't do it through grit. You've got to do it through grace. But then watch this. Year of God, little children have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I want you to notice something. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you. I wonder who we're talking about there. I believe if you look at the context, we have lowercase s, lowercase s, lowercase s. Because I want you to remember that you have a spirit of your own that lives within you, and he's the capital S. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Number three, watch this. I believe overcoming is by the spirit. Overcoming is by the spirit. Now, uh, I, need, I need three guys real quick before I go. You... Uh, yeah, you and you, come up here right quick. Yeah, you three guys, come up here right quick. Hey, what's why you need a good illustration, right? They did not know they were going to be picked. They have no idea what they're about to do, but they're going to do it because they love their pastor and 
I give them tater tot casserole. Uh, it can't, right? All right, come up here right quick, guys. And uh, I'm just going to pick you randomly. Watch this. You come over here. Come over here. All right. Have you stand right there. Uh, I want you to stand right here. All right. Very good. You don't have to sing. Gosh, you guys are like nervous. You don't have to sing. So watch this. Who backs up the power to overcome? Well, that's of God. I've got God backing me up. I am of God. He backs up the strength and power to go. So watch this. We've got God behind us, but then the Bible says that through Christ, we've had Christ who's going before us. He goes before us. He says, I, I went ahead of you and I overcame everything. But then the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So watch this. Overcoming is of God. God's behind me. Through Christ before me. Come here. Let's link up together, all right? I, I can't get you on me, okay? I'm not putting you on my shoulders. That'd be embarrassing. And then I have the spirit that's in me. No wonder you're so confident. I've got God behind me. Christ has gone before me. And the Holy Spirit is going with me, all right? Let's walk together, guys. Let's walk together. Suddenly, I feel important. You, you see those guys on TV who have an entourage? Yeah? They got those big, strong guys like Brother Kenneth, you know, around them all the time. Uh, Brother Steve, you know, walking around. Man, you would feel safe and important, wouldn't you? You would feel protected. You'd almost feel like you could overcome. Why? Because it's of God through Christ and by the Spirit. Now tonight as a child of God, this is who we are. This is not a dream. This is the truth of the Word of God. God is the one, watch this, who backs us up. Christ has gone ahead of us and the Holy Spirit is with us. That's why you ought to be an overcomer. You're not a loser. You've got the, watch this, the whole power of the Trinity working on your behalf. Y'all can go sit down. The whole power of the Trinity, all three persons working on your behalf. You ought to feel empowered tonight. I'm an overcomer. The devil comes along. He's got all of his lowercase s's. He said, but I'm of God. I can do this through Christ. And I have the spirit with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The other day, Brother Keaton comes to me after service few few weeks ago, a few days ago, I can't remember when it was, and uh, had somebody just drop in and, and, and visit with us, and uh, as sometimes the case is, sometimes folks have influences in their life and are under the influence of things in their life, and by the grace of God, we try to help them when we can, and uh, that was the case on that day, and Brother, uh, Brother Keaton came up, and he says, uh, called me down here, says, Pastor, I want you to know there's somebody who wants to see you, and they're not happy with you. And I'm like, okay, that narrows it down for me a little bit. And uh, he says, you know, uh, you said something in the message he didn't like. And I'm like, well, you know, that happens a lot. And he says, no, he, he's really mad at you. And it's just somebody who's kind of come in off the road and just had some struggles in their life, some of those lowercase s's they were struggling with in their life. And I says, all right, what, you, what do I need to do? Go hide in my office, hide under my desk, what do I need to do? And he says, no, Brother Kenneth's taking care of it. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm okay then. Brother Kenneth's taking care of it. Brother Kenneth eats his vegetables. He works out a little bit more than me. And I was like, well, if Brother Kenneth's got it, we're going to be fine. I'm not worried at all. Because I knew someone who was stronger and more powerful and more capable than me was handling that influence that maybe wasn't happy with me at the moment. Folks, every day of your life, if you're a child of God, you have God backing up what he says. Christ, who's already gone ahead of you, and the spirit who walks with you. That's why you should be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. You've already overcome this. I don't know what little S's you are going to face tomorrow. 
I don't know what influence is going to try to derail and distract you tomorrow. But watch this. Be of good cheer. Don't fear. Why? You've already overcome them. Because you're of God. You'll do it through Christ and by the Spirit. Now watch the key, and I'm done, I promise. I want you to look to chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Watch this. Even our faith. Can I tell you what I've told you tonight? I hope I've told you the truth from God's word. I have showed you that we are of God, function through Christ, and by his spirit. That's why you're an overcomer. Here's my question. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? What did the Bible say? Verse 4, chapter 5. Even our faith. Even our faith. You see, you've got to decide at some point whether or not you believe what thus saith the Lord. Are you an overcomer or not? The Bible says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. How do you understand overcoming? It's real simple. You ready? You are of God. Do not forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. Young person, listen, you got good families, good moms and dads, and you're of them. Thank God for that. But if you're saved, you are of God. Don't forget who you are. When temptation comes, guys, remind them who your father is. That's how you overcome temptation. And then, watch this, realize you're going to do it through Christ. Don't forget what he's already done. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget what Christ has done. He has already overcome them. And then finally, don't forget what you've got. You know what it is? The Holy Spirit of God living within you. What did Zechariah say? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I want to quit when I come to the end of my might and my power. I'm overwhelmed when I try it by my might and by my power. That's why he says it's not by might or my power. You'll quit all day long if you trust in your might or your power. But by his spirit, saith the Lord, you've already overcome. And those little S's are just empty dresses trying to steer you away from the will of God for your life. Folks, God wants us to understand overcoming tonight. And I pray tonight God helps you a little bit through his word to get out there, be about the will of God tomorrow. And let's go win one for the cause of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, we know that we're overcomers, but do you understand it? Do you understand tonight you're of God? You'll quit. You'll quit trying. You won't even get out there in the battle and fight. If you listen to your worries and your troubles that tell you, hey, you're going to lose. Hey, you're not going to make it. Quit listening. Why don't you listen to God? It says, you're of God, little children. You're of God. Jesus has already won. The battle's over. And the Spirit is there to remind us. Why don't we listen to that tonight? Father, I thank you tonight for the opportunity to open your word. And, Father, just to learn something together. And, Lord, I know we live in a flesh body that's prone to wonder, prone to fear, prone to doubt. Prone to try it in our own might and our own power. And, Lord, that's when we get wore down. That's when we get weary in our well-doing. Father, I pray tonight you'd help us realize who we are. Help us realize what Jesus did. 
and help us realize that the Spirit is there, Lord, to give us what we need to overcome and to show the great victory we have through Christ. Help us tonight, Father, I pray, and whatever the needs may be, whatever the battles may be, I pray you'd help us. Help us overcome by, Lord, the grace that you've given us through Christ, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are about just for a few minutes tonight. Eyes are closed. Why don't we just take a few minutes tonight to get the principle of being an overcomer into gear. It's time to get out of the spiritual parking lot. Get this thing rolling. How do we do that? Remembering I'm of God. Remembering what Jesus did and remember who's with me every step of the way. It's the comforter, that Holy Spirit of God. What is it that the devil's convinced you you can't overcome? Fill in the blank tonight. I don't have to know. Fill in the blank. What is it that the devil says you can't get over? Well, after he finishes telling you what you can't do, you tell him what your father says you can do. Imagine what we could do as a church if we started turning out a generation of young people who realized who they are, what Jesus did, and what they could do through the Spirit's power. here in good cheer, realizing we're overcomers, not just as a principle, but as a practice in our life. Let's go become practicing overcomers. Bible says the devil's the accuser of the brethren. He's the father of lies. Let's not believe him tonight when he tells you you can't. Let's believe our father who says we can. He knows us better than anybody. Why? Because he's our creator. That's why he tells our young people, Ecclesiastes 12, remember now thy creator. He knows you. He knows what you can do. And he knows what you can do through him, of God, through Christ, by his spirit. Uh, real quickly, I'll give you just a few folks to pray for. We've got several families traveling this week. Uh, I talked to Brother Bolt today. He's on his way to his annual fishing trip. Pray for him as he's flying up into the boonies of Canada. Uh, they're on his fishing trip. Pray for Brother Dombeck. And uh, I know a lot of us uh, know tonight, I think tonight's one of the first uh, debates 
uh, on the presidential election that's coming up. Uh, I don't think it hurt at all. If you haven't started praying, you better go ahead and start praying for this, that God would work through it, that God's people would be motivated by the Word of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, because this is, this is going to be pivotal in this upcoming year. So you pray for that. Pray for our elected leaders as well. Pray for one another. Uh, God's been good to us. It's been a great week. God's blessed. We've seen God working in folks' lives, and let's keep that going by getting out there and taking the fight to the devil. Amen? I get tired of him taking it to me. Let's take it to him. Zach, dismiss us, please. Just a quick announcement. Remember, Sunday night, this Sunday night after church, if you play offertories, congregationals, you're already involved in that, or you sing the special music, I need to meet with you quickly in the choir room Sunday night after church. So if that is you, you know who you are, Sunday night after church, okay? All right, let's sing Seek Ye First. Sing it now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah.